All right, what's up, guys? Uh, so we're doing another episode alone. <laughs> um, that's primarily because, you know, um, uh, shit changes. Uh, I had Chase's scheduled to come on, but it turns out he's actually got work. Um, so things didn't really coincide, unfortunately. But I think Wednesday I'll be doing um, a second episode or, you know, a, 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 another episode. Um that uh, so basically, you anybody who's listening, you're you're gonna be getting two episodes this week, which good for you, I guess, if you actually enjoy listening to this shit. <laughs> but uh, what should we call it? We still got a, a little bit of an interesting episode going forward. It's a couple things we should be talking about, um, you know. So uh, I think it'll be fun, you know. Um, but I'm very excited about a lot of things, uh, you know, coming up. Uh, I'm a big nerd, so this is going to be big, kind of a nerd thing, I guess, because I got nothing else to talk about. You, you guys want to? You want me to be a bummer and talk about the Rittenhouse trial? Because I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's just—I don't want to be a bummer. Come on, guys. Um, I had somebody actually tell me like, "Hey, you should bring it up on the podcast. That'd be a good idea." I'm like, I don't think you know what a good idea is. Just <laughs> laying it out there. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm excited about other things. Uh, you know, so I um, I recently um, was uh, working a on a couple projects, and then I got distracted. Uh, by that I mean like today, as in recently, I was writing something, and I my I'm part of like a comic book group. And my notifications blew up because apparently like seven new TV spots came out for um, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, and uh, you know I love me some Spidey action. Now I gotta be honest with you guys, I hate multiverse bullshit. I hate that shit. I hate it when fucking when uh when a movie tries to like shoehorn this convoluted um comic book plot into the movies because that's what multiverse is that's what that's what it's for it's for comic book writers to come up with an excuse to bring back profitable plot ideas that's all it is you know it's a scapegoat um and it's it's really just a way to contrive plot points that otherwise wouldn't work without that excuse and so movies the the you know filmmakers weren't really comfortable using that concept because it's like i mentioned a little convoluted um uh it's putting it lightly and uh you know they didn't want general audiences to be confused the problem is now you know most general audiences are nerds so it's not really something that's uh too difficult for i guess people going to the movies uh to you know, it's not something too too difficult for them to understand. However, I am not a fan of it because it just it creates basically like this space for writers to be like, well, anything fucking goes. How? But I I can't sit here and deny that seeing the Sam Raimi Spider Man characters, you know, come back, um, it's pretty exciting. It's it's definitely you know, but they're preying on your nostalgia. So it's not, it's not, it's not like, you know, how do I put it? It's not, 
it's just like it's exciting it's exciting but it isn't anything like you know it's not like i'm watching a, an art house movie and like having my mind blown it's like oh my god how did they come up with that it's like no it's money that's how they came up with that um you know so part of me is like eh. but i'm also like ah this is so fucking cool um so i don't know i don't know what my take on the matter is it's it's just whatever let's i'm excited for the movie i'm hoping that you know toy mcguire and andrew garfield are actually in it even though andrew garfield has been like nah i'm not the werewolf i'm not the guy i'm not in that movie and it's like sure buddy sure sure keep telling yourself that um andrew garfield is a liar <laughs> this is what i got from that uh but yeah toy mcguire doesn't do press or anything so he's He's got the easiest um, excuse in the world. It's just he doesn't show up to these fucking things, these press, these uh, press junkets or whatnot. So he doesn't have to do them. So he doesn't have to say jack shit. Uh, Andrew's in the spotlight, though. So, you know, whatever. Point being, I'm excited for the movie. Um, I'm actually more excited for the potential return of Charlie Cox's Daredevil. For anybody who hasn't seen that show, it's a fuck it. It's a fucking masterpiece. It's a really well done show. I mean, it's got some corny writing, you know. Uh, what's his name? Um, who wrote it? Uh, is it Drew Godard? Godard or Godard? I don't know how to say his last name, but let's say let's go with Godard for 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 this. Uh, Drew Godard wrote um, Daredevil, and you know he's. Let's see what else he's done. I you know he's he's not he's a great you know he's a, he's a great writer. I don't want to like say I don't want to like you know say that he isn't. He did you know Cabin in the Woods. He did Cloverfield, which I'm definitely totally not looking up right now. But uh, you know he did he did those um, those movies, and they're good. I really do like uh, the Cabin in the Woods. I think it's a clever movie. Cloverfield's you know the first one, it's, it's all right. I, I don't think it was all that bad. Um, it was it was a unique concept. It felt you know like like Chronicle or whatnot. Uh, 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 sorry about that. Um, I forgot. Did he do what else did he do? He wrote World War Z. Oh, and the Martian. Martian's a great movie. I really like that. So you know, he's not a bad writer by any means. Um, the thing is, Daredevil is interesting because um. It's it's this like weird legal drama that um, exists. It's you know it's it's a it's a legal drama that blends itself with like a superhero uh, vigilante story, and it does it in a really like grounded way, while still inserting itself into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's kind of unique in that regard, um, and it's unique in the sense that you know it's portraying a character who's disabled. Um, still like persevering through that, and he's still a normal guy, regardless of the fact that he has like these enhanced senses. You know, you can, he's he's just like a average Joe in terms of, you know, he if he gets a beating, it, it he still gets fucked up, and he's he's you know he's still tired. So it's not like he's impervious to any of that shit. Um, but one of the coolest, um. One of the coolest things about that that came out of that show was 
Charlie Cox's performance as Daredevil. It was really, really good. Um, not only was it great, I mean, he was able to not only capture this pretty seamlessly, he was able to capture um, the physical performance of someone who would be blind. Um, he was capable of of emoting in a way that transcended the fact that he couldn't really use his sight as an actor. Um, you know, a lot of actors, when they're, they use a lot of body language when they're like talking with characters, you know, and eyes are very important. Um, especially when you're trying to have a performance with um, the scene partner. He was able to kind of like look past that and completely just use his voice and inflection to be able to get people to understand what it was that Matt Murdock was feeling. And it was so well done. It was so well done. I, I really don't know anybody who... Um, I, I don't know any other actor who's been able to pull something off quite like that. I'm not saying Charlie Cox is like the greatest fucking actor to ever live, but he's he's really, really fucking good. And that show really portrays his skills in a in in the most uh tangible way. You know? I I love the first season. Uh the second season's okay. it's it's I don't want to say it's okay. It's good. Um, because the whole Frank Castle Punisher storyline's great. Electra, you know, it's mixed for me. I kind of like Electra as a character. I don't exactly love the way they took her storyline through it, but I like her relation to Matt and what she's symbol, what she uh, symbolizes for uh, it, for Matt. What she's kind of symbolic of in Matt's life uh, is what I'm trying to say. So I like that idea. And in season three, I actually never completely finished it. I got like halfway through it. I have to finish it. I know what happens. It's not like a you know, I'm completely out of the loop, but I, um, I never finished it. I definitely should. And I will, I reach, I rewatched season one recently in preparation for no way home. Cause I'm pretty much convinced that he's in that fucking movie. Um, as Matt, not, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to be in the daredevil costume, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be in it. I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, which is fucking, it's so, Oh my God. It's so fucking exciting. Um, because that show is so good. And it just, if if you watch it, you're like, this this takes place in the same universe as the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, what the fuck? Seriously? You got to remember, Daredevil came out in 2015. It's a year after Guardians of the Galaxy was came out in theaters. Meaning that, and when they released it, they like told people explicitly, like, hey, this is part of the MCU. So when they made that show and they put it out there, that show was intended to be in line with like guardians of the galaxy which is insane because it's such a grounded and and violent show and it deals with themes that like the films would never even dare to try and touch so it's it's so it's so like uh, it's so jarring it's so fucking bonkers to imagine that those things uh correlate to one another but they do you know, I guess. I mean, I know that nowadays they don't really consider those shows canon per what James Gunn had to say on Twitter. Uh, if you guys don't know, Kevin Feige has been relatively silent about whether they're canon or not. Like he's hinted at the idea that they're not, but he's never explicitly said it. Um, and I'm pretty sure he hasn't said it because he doesn't want to upset people um, that are actually fans of those shows and really like the fact that they're connected to the MCU in a, in a more like disconnected way. That's a weird um 
oxymoron, but yeah, like they're they are connected, but they're they're very disenfranchised. Uh, so so much so that they they kind of you know have the freedom and liberty to exist in their own little pocket world outside of that. But it's cool to know that they they still coexist. So now you know they're not really considered completely canon. But uh, Feige's been silent about it. James Gunn explicitly like replied to some tweets saying that like who says that they're canon? You know like nobody nobody said that they were like the the only shows that are canon start with Wandavision. I'm like, James, I guess you're right, but stop trying to piss off people who like genuinely enjoy those shows. Like people are very passionate about those characters in those shows and like, just let them live in their fantasy, you know, <laughs> like let them pretend that these shows genuinely exist in this world. It makes them happy. You know, it's, it's such, these shows are so grounded there. They, they take storytelling to like different links with these characters and people are really excited to see those things in, in tandem. So, you know, I don't, don't take it away from them. Keep it, keep the illusion going. <laughs> but, you know, I, if, if he does, if Daredevil does appear in Spider-Man three or Spider-Man No Way Home, um, what that really means to me, at least, is that uh, they're kind of loosely acknowledging the fact that those shows are, are legitimate because Charlie Cox would be reprising his role. And when the second you do that, you know, people are going to be like, oh, okay, well, these things really did happen in the MCU. Like when watching the show, I mean, in relation to the events of the show, they'd be like, oh yeah, these, this happened. This, this is actually an event that occurred within this universe. Whether or not Marvel Studios decides to acknowledge the events of, of Daredevil or not is completely up to them, which I think they won't. I think they won't acknowledge them, but I don't think they're outright going to say it didn't happen. I think they're just going to say they're going to continue his story without acknowledging past event passive uh, events so that fans of the shows and new fans can kind of watch those shows with kind of watch those storylines or, or people that have already seen it can kind of just go like, Oh yeah, it happened, but they're not going to acknowledge it. So that way they don't ruin people's um, viewing experiences uh, or fans of the, the Netflix series, you know, so they just won't address it. I think anyhow, I don't want to get too, you know, all over the place with my ideas here, with my thoughts, but I don't know. It's interesting to me um, what's going on right now with the MCU. It's it's a lot of fucking fun. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, um, I say that, but I'm also somebody who shits on superhero movies. Um, at least recently I have. You know, I grew up on these, these fucking things. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the, the early 2000s. I was born in 99, but I grew up in the early 2000s. So I grew up with this era of like these weird, goofy standalone movies that came out in that time, you know, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the Ben Affleck Daredevil and, uh, the Ang Lee, you know, uh, Eric Bana Hulk. Like I grew up with these weird solo movies, um, but they weren't particularly um, good. <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man one's you know good, debatedly. Debate you could debate whether or not it's, it holds up as a movie, but um, you know it's they're nostalgic. You know, I grew up in this time where movies, superhero movies, were kind of in a weird place um, thematically. 
uh, and especially the, their reputation was very weird. Audiences really didn't take them seriously, probably for good reason. And, um, you know, they were they were just these schlocky, stupid movies you wanted to go see in theaters. You know, the only one that probably like surpassed that idea of what a movie could be um, was, I think, X-Men. I think X-Men really was the one, sorry, what a superhero movie could be. I think X-Men is really the only film that really, the only superhero film that really like pushed the boundary and told people like, hey, superhero movies can be a little more than just schlocky entertainment. And, um, you know, it was still pretty schlocky. <laughs> but it did deal with themes that were a little more uh, grounded than your average, you know, daredevil. Um, but it wasn't, um, you know, growing up in that era, it was a very different perspective. Um, well, especially, you know, I was a child, but regardless, those movies had a completely different notion attached to, uh, attached to them. Um, and so looking at what they are now, you know, these fucking box office killers, um, is weird. Um, when you look at them re retrospectively, but on top of that, they, um, I don't know. It's hard to, to explain. I think they've taken too much of a precedent in, in the world of movies, you know, like I like them, so a good portion of them, not all of them. I don't think they're all good. You even, no matter what critics or fans say. Um, I don't think that they're all actually that great. Um, and I stand by that. But um, I believe, personally, that these movies are, um, I don't know how to put it. They're um, saturating the market. And not only saturating it, but they're they're making it almost impossible for like movies that, you know, we people, original ideas, movies that we used to watch, um, you know, 30, 40 years ago to become iconic, you know, you, you know, 40 years ago, movie, like a movie like Halloween would come out and, and it became a, a staple. It became an, uh, uh, just like this, I, this icon, I, I, I don't know what the, what's the word. It's on the fucking tip of my tongue. I can't fucking fuck it. It became iconic is what I'm trying to say. But, um, but it's, there's no opportunity for that to happen anymore. It's, uh, iconography. There we go. Um, so it's, it becomes like part of the film iconography is what I'm trying to say. You know, it, it, uh, I had to look it up because I was like, what the fuck is it? It's on the fucking tip of my tongue, <laughs> but it's true. Like those films become part of the, the cinematic iconography. They become, uh, synonymous with certain themes or, or, or ideas or just holidays. Like they, they become part of our daily lives and things that we can reflect on and think about and and everybody kind of goes like yeah i remember that like you talk to anybody about those movies and they know what you're talking about um and they probably have the same feelings about it that you do um for the most part you know it's very 
you know, you talk about Halloween, most people like that movie. Um, you talk about uh, E.T., most people like that movie. Jurassic Park, same thing. Like, all these films are iconic, but they didn't rely on any particular genre. You know, like, you could argue that superhero movies aren't a specific genre, that superhero movies can exist within different genres. You know, Captain America is like, a, at least the Winter Soldier is like, a, you know, an espionage spy film or spy thriller. And then, you know, you have a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's, you know, a completely different thing from that. And sure, tonally, they might be different, but they're still following the same formulas. And so, regardless of the fact that genre-wise they're different, they're kind of, they're trying to say the same things. And um, maybe that's, you know, oversimplifying it a little bit. But you look at movies like Jurassic Park and... Um, it's another good example besides Halloween. Um, you know, like you take a movie like Jurassic Park or take a movie like um, like Rosemary's Baby. You know, these are movies that uh, very two completely different movies, mind you. But that's my that's the point I'm trying to make. They're two completely different movies, both iconic films with their own um, reputations and significance in culture and and the arts people know about them, they know what they are, and most people have positive reception towards it. Uh, most people look at those movies positively. And I'm not talking about critics or anything, I'm talking about just general audiences like those movies, and they under they like being challenged by the, the ideas and themes that these films present. Um, and I don't think a single superhero movie has, a, has ever been able to achieve that. I really don't think so. I think maybe the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, the first two, were capable of captivating um, general audiences and and making a name for itself, making a name for itself in our culture. Um, but the, you know, I feel like it it barely passes that threshold. I don't think every single film in the superhero medium. I don't think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films are like on par with some other greats from, you know, the, the history of cinema. But I think it's definitely worth being recognized. You know, and when we think about it, um, it just feels like we're getting used to like this cliche of what a movie should be. You know, when we watch superhero movies, or at least when I do, I always feel like when I'm watching a superhero movie, I'm watching like a par a parody of what a movie is. You know, like when you're watching like a like a, a, a like you're playing a video game or you're watching a movie, and the characters in the video game or in the film are watching a a movie. Like you know, they're watching like what a kind of like a like a um, you know a a template of what a a blockbuster film is within their own respective world it's always like this explosive like madness with some you know like schlocky lines and cliche lines and there's always like a a guy going like let's let's go blow this shit up because we're family or something like that you know like those those are the those are fake movies that exist within real movies if that makes sense like those are the kinds of movies that characters in a movie watch those Fake movies have now become our real movies. Uh, you know, you watch like uh, the Avengers, which is I really think probably one of the 
the best films out of that group. I, I really do mean that. I really think the Avengers is, is fucking fantastic. It's phenomenal. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, it doesn't, it's not something that I think can, can really stand the test of time at the end of the day. I really don't. I don't think people 60 years from now are going to be talking about Ant-Man the way they talk about Psycho. I just, I, I really don't. I don't think people are going to be talking about Thor to Dark World the way that, you know, people talk about Some Like It Hot. It's just, it's not doable. Um, and look, I don't mean to shit on movies. I didn't mean to turn this into a bummer about superhero movies. I just think it's important to know where they stand. Uh, I really do agree with what Scorsese said about them being theme park rides. I think that's a, a wonderful way of illustrating what they are. If I, and I don't consider it an insult. I really think that they are a theme park rides. It's a different kind of cinema. I, however, disagree with him saying that they're not cinema. I think that they are. I don't think he gets to cherry pick what cinema is and what it isn't. I think bad movie, good movie, they're all cinema. I've seen I The Room, Tommy Wiseau's The Room, fucking horrible movie. It's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. I love it. Um, it's cinema. Sorry, it is. You know, it's a different kind of cinema, but it's cinema. It's bad cinema. You know, it's uh, Howard the Duck. Fucking horrendous. Guilty pleasure of mine. Fucking horrendous movie. It's cinema. I'm sorry. It, you know, it is. So, you know, I watch... Uh, whatchamacallit? I, I saw... Um, uh, oh, fucking hell. What was it? I recently saw Eternals. Yeah, that's what I, I was trying to get out. I saw Eternals recently. And I, I really like... You know, a lot of people... I remember saw, seeing the trailers and, and you know, uh, Chloe Zhao was directing it. She did Nomadland. And I was really excited. I'm like, oh, is this going to be the first superhero film that manages to kind of like get past that threshold of just superhero bullshit and be a, 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 a real movie, so to speak? Like it's again, I'm not saying it's not cinema. I just don't think it's the same kind of movie that, you know, we were accustomed to. 30, 40 years ago. And so, uh, you know, I went ahead and I watched it and I was, you know, I had heard about the negative press and I was kind of hoping like, well, maybe it's so divisive because um, of the fact that it's good. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's my excuse. And I want to go see it and it's just, oh man, it's, it wasn't, wasn't what I wanted it to be. You know, and that's okay. You know, movies don't, a movie doesn't owe me jack shit. You know, it, it can be whatever it wants to be. It's, movie exists for itself at the end of the day, right? At least that's my, my uh, philosophy on it. But I saw it and I just, I didn't connect with it. It was just, I don't know. It just, it was, it wasn't only just boring. It was trying to like moralize and philosophize. Is that a word? I think it is. These these ideas that I I don't know I just don't think it fleshed them out well enough to try and even implement them in any meaningful way. The characters, just you know, these are supposed to be characters that have been around for thousands, millions of years, and and they feel like your next door neighbor. Like, and I don't mean like they're pretending to be your next door neighbor and like giving you the 
I'm was I was born in the 70s kind of act, you know? Like no, these are these people like in their regular lives when they interact with one another sound and and interact like people who who have no experience whatsoever. You know, they don't feel like these these like larger than life godlike figures, which is what they're supposed to be. Um you know, and, and I feel whatever way about that. But I don't know, it just feels like it, it didn't portray what it wanted to in any meaningful way. And um I don't know, some of the characters fell flat. I didn't I really couldn't connect to any of them uh in any any way. And uh I did like I always loved Kumail Nanjiani. I love seeing him in anything, so I was I kinda liked him as Kingo, even though Kingo was still not a really well fleshed out character. You know, I like his performance. Uh, I like seeing him in movies, so I like that character by default. But it's not because that character is well-written or a standout or anything. It's just because I like that guy. <laughs> so, you know. Um, I, you know, I don't know. And it concerns me. It was very different. I will give Marvel that. They tried to do something a little bit outside the box. But it it just didn't hit the mark that I think they wanted to. I think it was still afraid of pushing... Uh, the boundary to, you know, be something else. Uh, it, very similar to WandaVision in that regard. That show, you know, was like trying to push the boundary to be something else. And then right at the end of that show, it just switched back to being a, a, a default superhero bullshit thing. You know, it's just there's a giant fight. And, and it's just like, ah, here we go. You know, it's like we were on the right track and then... You know what the you know what the MCU needs? It needs David Lynch. It needs David Lynch to direct the fucking movie or show or do it be a showrunner for them. Like I think you know like that's what I kind of liked about WandaVision. It felt kind of lynchian at the beginning. You know, with like this weird sitcom thing going on and I'm like, "Oh, I love this. I love wherever this is going. It's like it feels so weird and like I like what they're doing here." And then it just it's just abandoned that whole concept like halfway. And then it had this whole like, you know, secret, you know, like this like group that sword that's dedicated to, you know, dealing with these kinds of situations, like the whole plot line of them trying to figure out what's going on. So it like demystifies the whole thematic, the whole theme of the show is like demystified, demystified, like you know, we know that it exists within this, like, this, like, little bubble universe, bubble realm, and, you know, it pulls you out of the, 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 the world that the show's trying to establish for you. I wish they had just kept it all mysterious until the very end, and then we figure out what's going on, because, you know, they tell us what's going on, I think, like, in episode three, and it just, it just, or episode four, and it just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel, it's like, we shouldn't have seen that. It, it it really fucked up the whole like this whole high concept thing that it was going for and that's what i feel about like with eternal which it was too afraid to pass a certain barrier so it just went back to what was familiar and i don't know man you know i'm excited for um for moon knight because i love that character that's my favorite comic book character of all time and he's very obscure to a lot of people i hope the show you know kind of makes him a little more accessible to general audiences but um i love that character he's a mercenary he was left for dead in the desert um and uh and then he's 
supposedly brought back to allegedly brought back to life by the Egyptian god Khonshu. Um, and uh, and then he the only the caveat is that he has to be the like avatar for this this god and he has to like basically serve his will and inflict vengeance and and the justice upon those who um, cause harm to the the people of earth or whatever so the point of the reason as like schlocky as that sounds the whole point of it is that mark specter moon knight has uh, he has disassociative identity disorder so he has multiple personalities um he's got three pri primary personalities you know he's got his own his birth name and whatnot he has uh stephen grant which is like a playboy rich play rich playboy philanthropist you know like a tony stark bat bruce wayne type um except he's a pacifist that character that version that version of him doesn't engage in, in combat and you have jake lockley um which is like the cab driver you know undercover cab driver who like gets intel on 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 the criminal underworld you know and he's the violent personality and you have conchu conchu that's and the reason i say that is like a personality is because um Kanchu is debated whether, you know, people debate whether he's a personality or not because Mark already has this associative identity disorder. So, you know, the legitimacy of this God in his head is put into question. Um, but the comic books never tell you outright if uh, Kanchu is real or not. So it's completely left ambiguous. And I love that. I fucking love that. We don't know whether or not Mark Spector is genuinely crazy or if there's actually a God in his head telling him what to do and, and giving him, um, you know, re increased resilience and, and durability. Um, so it's, it's always like this, like, like, is he or is he not kind of deal? Like if any, if anybody who's seen the, the or watched the show Legion, it's kind of like that to an extent, like, and by that, I mean the theme of it. Is very similar, you know. Uh, Moon Knight's not supposed to be a reliable protagonist. He's not a reliable narrator, so to speak. Um, and Oscar Isaac is playing him, and he's a fucking great choice for the character. He's a great uh, actor, and I think he's going to do certain, uh, great things with that role. Um, and I saw the little trailer that they put out. It's not even a trailer, like that little teaser that they did for Disney Plus Day. And I was, I'm very interested, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, it looks good, but I don't, I think they're changing it a little bit, like what Mark Spector is. Because in the comics, Mark is a mercenary, like I mentioned previously, and he was, a, he's a Jewish born um, Chicagoite, Chicagoan, whichever one of those. He was born in Chicago to, a, a, I think it's an Orthodox Jewish family. His father's a rabbi. Um, and so he's, you know, it's, he's, he's, um, he's, it's, it's very, that, that part of his life is, is very important to who the character becomes. He abandons his Jewish faith. I would, I'd argue that he abandons it, you know, once he reaches adulthood, but it still had a heavy, uh, had a heavy presence in, in molding him into who he ended up becoming. And so my concern with the uh the show is that they're going to throw that out the window and i really hope they don't because I, I really find his jewish origins compelling and i think it's really a really important part of that character
So we'll see. But I hope that they keep it. And um, the reason I, I don't think they're going to keep it completely is because when I watched the teaser, he speaks with a British accent. And not a good one, mind you. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. It sounds like a fake British accent. Oi, I'm hungry. I need some food and I don't have the money to afford it. Like he sounds like a begging child, like one of those like dirty, like tramp kids, like Oliver Twist. You know, he just doesn't, he doesn't look like, uh, yeah, he just doesn't, doesn't look great. There's a word for those, those kinds of kids. I can't, it's not coming to me right now, but you know, the Oliver Twist style, you know, um, vagrant child. So it's, you know, like it's, um, it's weird because uh, it's uh, I, I hope that that's not his voice. I hope they're not making him English. You know, I mean, like, not that it would really detract too much from the character. I mean, they could just say that he was still Jewish born, but born in England. But it's just I don't know. I feel like there's something very personal to that character having been born in the United States. Um and being who he is, you know, I, um, I don't know. It's, 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 a uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I hope that they just don't take it away, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, um, I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> it's just that's what I'm trying to say. I am terrified of um uh you know for what what's to come. And um you know, I don't know. It's um I I really like those comics. I really like the writing. I love Jeff Lemire's or Jeff Lemire's however does you say his name. I love his take on the that story and I'm concerned they're really going to like change it a little too much um you know to kind of like make it this you know this own thing like i i get the movies aren't meant to be um you know direct translations of the source material you know they, they're adaptations and that's great but i am concerned that um that moon knight is uh is going to be fucked with a little too much because he doesn't even look like a mercenary. He looks, you know, the way they describe it, they describe the show as being like an Indiana Jones type show, like, or theme, you know, and that's cool. Um, but it, um, it feels like um, they're making him like a treasure hunter or something of that nature. And it like a Nathan Drake, Indiana Jones type. And it's like, okay, I like that. But him being a mercenary is very important as well to, you know, how he knows what to do, you know, the whole like expertise in combat and whatnot, like that has a lot to do with his, uh, his, his combat history. So I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, and the accent again, that vagabond accent really just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do it for me. Um, I hope that that voice is just one of his other personalities and it's like purposely like bad, you know, for that particular reason. Um, but I don't know. It's just, uh, 
you know, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to look at it with without having any expectations, but it is kind of difficult for me to do that because you know it's uh, it's a character that's very important to me. Um, so I have to just hope that it works out. But I wouldn't mind if he's like a Nathan Drake style treasure hunter because that's still kind of mercenary like. You know, he's still going around shooting people. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's you know, it's just uh, it's, you know, I like that character a lot. I really do. It's like uh, it's like uh, you know, I don't know. I was about to use a very bad comparison. I was gonna I was gonna use a very bad analogy. You know, fuck it. It's like if they somebody took Jesus <laughs> and then made him like and made a movie about Jesus and he's like some rich hipster from Amsterdam or something like they do their own take on it and they're like oh look he's a rich hipster from Amsterdam and he's uh and he was uh, he wasn't born in Bethlehem by the way he was actually he lives in Amsterdam but he was actually born in 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 Paris Tennessee and it's like what the fuck are you doing what are you doing that is not what Jesus is Although I would like to watch that movie, but like it's not, it's not that's not who Jesus is. You know, this is my Jesus. It's Mark Spector. So it's like I don't do a disservice to what's great about the character. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, and now I sound like one of those nerds that complains about, you know, Marvel movies not not being nerdy enough you know i don't mean to be that that guy it's just that character is to me one of the only characters in comic books that genuinely has the the potential to be compelling and 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 actually have a a a really strong stance in cinema but you know we'll see where they take it it's going to be on disney plus i don't have like the highest of hopes (laughs) for it to be something incredible but i you know i hope it is um I'm I'm going to do my best to stay alive until it comes out. And that that show by the way is the only reason I look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> Otherwise, once that show comes out I'm like fuck it. I'm just I don't give a fuck anymore. Kill me. I don't I don't care. You know, um but it's, it's the only reason I'm staying alive. But I uh you know, I don't know man. I just I really want I really want to to like what they're doing. Superhero movies are just such a weird fucking space for me, you know? I am excited for that Batman movie with Pattinson, though. I won't lie. That looks fucking good. But, you know, I just... I don't, I don't know, man. It's just so fucking weird. It's so... it, You know, you live... We live in a, in a weird time. Art exists in a weird time, you know? Fucking... I recently found out what an NFT is, and I'm just like, oh, God. It's like digital art. You can buy and sell. Like, I don't oh. just, just click the save image as, you know, it's, it's so much cheaper, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's, we live in a weird time. Art lives in this weird time. It's, it's so, I don't know. It just feels like, I know art has always been a, a point of profit. You know, people have always tried to make money off of it. That's why people, it's not the only reason people do it, but it's why people take such an interest in it. You know, it's profitable. Uh, I'm not talking about the artists. I'm talking about the people that fund these artists, you know. But I, it feels like in, in today's world, art has been commercialized so much 
that it just it doesn't feel like art anymore it just feels like a product and and that's my problem with it, it is, you know like a lot of people who say the same thing it's we're not watching shows and movies anymore we're watching content and um we live in the content era it's almost it's you know content and films are you know some people would argue that they're indiscernible i think that they are discernible i think that you can look at them and, and make a very clear distinction between what a real movie is and what content is and um you know i i just i don't know it's it's scary uh, it's, it's scary to me it's scary to me that we live in in a world where you know like art has just kind of been stripped down to this like what well let's just throw darts at the wall and see what sticks and you know and let's sell it to people instead of just making something that's meaningful and letting people try and understand it and absorb it and um and have a, a an experience with it you know we don't do that anymore now it's just um now it's just like well let's let's find something that everybody's gonna like or at least most people are gonna like something that's loud and and bombastic and and put it out there instead of you know making something that is personal and has weight to it and that no matter you know it you, it, it was made without thinking about how people might feel about it is it was just made because that's the director the producers the actors the creators were passionate about that story and that and that that movie that being able to tell what the story they were telling you know when we were when we were primitive human beings and we used to sit around fires and you know there was the you had the shaman or whatever <laughs> an expert on on uh, paleolithic societies i'm not an anthropologist but you know whatever you call them the storytellers of the of the groups they were very valued members of their of their tribes and they would tell stories and they didn't tell these stories you know thinking like oh what are these people going to like you know what is my what are i wonder what john the caveman is going to like you know i should cater this story to his liking it's like no they didn't think about that they just told stories because they felt that those stories needed to be told and they found them interesting and they they liked they they told it with their own flair, their own inflection. They just they knew how to grab people's attention without having to cater their, to their like their their needs or desires. It was just something that people felt compelled to listen to. You know, we don't do that anymore. Now we just like have like focus groups and figure out what people might like. And it's just I don't know. It's it's very it's very data driven. And I, I, you know, as somebody who loves art and loves film and, you know, I do it myself, not as much as I'd like to, but I, you know, I partake in it. I, I really wish we could go back to that. You know, I'm not a, I don't try to pretend to be like a conservative or anything of that nature. Um, I'm not here to sit. I'm not here to yell at everybody. I'm not like an old man yelling at the clouds. Like, I wish things were the way that they used to be when I was a child. I don't know what voice that was, but I wish things were the way that they used to be when things were easier. You know, I, I, I don't mean to be that guy. I just, I, I just wish there's some things that I feel are valuable and worth holding on to. And I think that perspective of art was valuable and i think it was something that we we should have and could have held on to but we didn't 
I don't know if we'll ever go back to that. You know, people move forward. We progress as as a society. Humans move forward. We don't go backwards. But part of me is arguing with myself whether or not that's progress. I feel like it's more it's more on the lines of regression. Maybe to progress, we have to go back to that. I honestly feel like that was what uh, we should have been striving towards, and we should have just kept improving upon that. But I feel like we we took it a little too far and we turned it into something else. You know, I don't know. I love I love movies. I love cinema. I love that art form. It, it truly is the greatest love of my life. And I wish I could do it more often. I wish I had the time to sit down and write a movie and do it. And I know that sounds like an excuse. <laughs> but I I, uh, I really do love it. And I come from a family of, of people who, you know, who were, you know, labor workers and people who, who worked their ass off just physically. You know, didn't really have the time to be creatives, but they definitely did have that in them. You know, my uncle is a, is, a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call him a playwright. I think he'll love the fact that I referred to him as a playwright, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he writes plays, he's written plays, he's performed them. He's, he's, uh, he's gotten them on, he's, he's performed, he's written things and had them put on stage. He's. You know, he's not a big name or anything, but he's he's had he's he's been in that world. He's performed on stage, he's acted, he has a love for the stage for theater. He's one of the few people in my family, not the only person in my family who I can truly relate to in regards to that that ambition. We we kind of share that ambition in that regard. You know, he's theater, I'm film, but still, you know, it's 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 the only person in my family who I, I think, you know, really gets that side of things. And, you know, I have this, this I, I, I see the fire in him when he's, you know, when I, I see, I read his, his work and whatnot. There's just something really important there. Um, and it's very important to him. And I want it to be important to me. You know, I... I love movies. They are important to me. I love writing. I love telling stories. And I try to get better at it every single day. You know, I don't I don't I'm not gonna sit here and argue that I'm the best at illustrating ideas <laughs> every single time, but I um I do truly um hope that we eventually um, go back to what made movies and cinema and the theater experience wonderful. And by that, I mean that we get to inject life back into it. That we get to inject the human experience back into it. Maybe one day. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too, <laughs> being too serious about this. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I, I remain hopeful and optimistic. I, I somehow balance cynicism with those other tropes. I don't know how I do it, but I do it. So, I don't know. That's really all I have to fucking say. That's all I have to talk about. I am just excited about being a, a fan and being alive, being able to experience all of this at the time that I'm at. 
you know what a fucking gift to have been born when I was to be able to experience all of this in the way that I am. You know, it's 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 it's, a, it's just amazing. It's great. I look forward to all of it. And th- and thank you guys for anybody who's listening. Thank you, cause fuck yeah, dude. Like, thank you. I, I, you know, I don't know how many people actually listen to this. I don't know if I'm just speaking into the void. Um, but regardless, I, I, I thank any listeners, um, for spending their time here with me. Just hearing me fucking rant about bullshit for for an hour. Um, but it's been fun. And, uh, well, I, you know, I hope to see you guys soon. Um, I have, um, if you guys want to keep up with me when, you know, I'm not doing the podcast, if there's anybody listening to this that doesn't already know me personally or knows of me on social media, um, my, uh, my Instagram is underscore, uh, Coco Pina underscore. Uh, so that's K-O-K-O-P-I-N-A. I know I pronounce it piña, like, you know, pineapple in Spanish, but it's just a regular N, not an Enye. Instagram doesn't fucking let you. Anyhow, whatever. So there's that one. If you want to see my photography, the my Instagram is at uh, the Gonzo photo. And uh, if you'd like to catch up with my nerd shit, you know, I collect figures and things like that and I photograph them. Uh, my account is, uh, the Joe museum underscore between each word. So the underscore Joe underscore museum. Um, and, uh, don't forget to give us a, a look on Patreon. If you can, that's, uh, the 54 podcast on Patreon, um, or just the 54, uh, we could use your help. You know, anything that you could uh, help us out with is, uh, always great. Um, and it definitely, um, will help us uh, keep the show going and and uh, and keep things really, uh, what's the word, professional, <laughs> I guess. Um, on top of that, I uh, I also think that if uh, any any donations that we get or anything that we can really get to help us out uh, could definitely go towards uh, making uh, uh, the documentary shorts that I was talking about in short films. Uh, or even feature links, if I ever get to that point, um, they could definitely help make those those projects look a little bit better, a little more polished. Um, and uh, and who knows? Maybe I'll uh, I'll do something a little bit bigger than those things I just mentioned. So, uh, but anyways, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for supporting, or thanks for listening. I should say. So used to doing the video format. That this is uh, this is strange. <laughs> but anyhow, guys, thanks uh, thanks for sticking around. Uh, I will see you guys on Wednesday. Take care.